Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the loudest voice in out of home. It's funny. A lot of people stop and ask me, they say, Tim, what's that mean? What does it mean to be the loudest voice in out of home? Uh, a lot of folks assume it has something to do with being louder than other industry trade coverage. It actually has nothing to do with anyone other than the community that is out of home. Whether you're a big operation, a small operation, have unique marketing insights, or a ton of out-of-home expertise, this is a platform to help the community grow, the community to learn. So I invite you to subscribe, follow, share. Please do all those things that help the, the community of out-of-home grow through this podcast, through the amazing guests that we have. It's all about democratization. And that's one of the reasons I'm most excited to be a part of the team at OneScreen.ai, where we're bringing buyers and sellers together to help brands win. If you want to learn more about what we're doing at OneScreen, visit OneScreen.ai. Without further ado, let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. Get ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain. So sit back, relax. We're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin. Ryan, you were just starting to say. Yeah. Um, so what brought me to the company? So I've been like an ad tech veteran for more than a decade now. I've built yeah. video DSPs at Videology. I've done mobile stuff at Verve. And I met with the team at Octopus. And the conversation really like brought to light. This is an out-of-home product that brings the best of a lot of other media channels yeah. and like pulls it all together. Right. And so you've got the ability to use video, that sight, sound, and motion, like most captivating creative you're doing an environment that's unique and novel because look the back of the ride share is not normally the place where you're like i'm going to get to play some trivia games and uh experience this content um and you have the mobile aspect of the fact that you can interact and you can interact really specifically and have these responsive uh experiences with the riders that are in the back of the cab and, like putting those three things together is what has excited me about Optimus since the day i started um, the challenge and the opportunity also exists because it's those three things all pushed together, right? It's not necessarily as easy as saying, cool, let's go plug into the CTV or the digital out of home landscape, because you look at that and go, look, digital out of home, it's an amazing sort of area to work in at the same time. It is not homogenous. When you say CTV, that's everybody's on a 16 by nine box. Right, and I'm going to deliver video content over that that pipe, and it's all going to be the same. It doesn't matter if that 69 by box is in somebody's house or uh, in a, in a bar, even right. Like it doesn't really do anything different. And, and right, maybe like because you've got the background and and the the subject matter expert on on those sorts of things, like out of home talks about connected TV. There's some even some outdoor companies that sell connected TV to their local advertisers, but like CTV can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Fair statement? A hundred percent fair statement. It's actually, I probably spent five years of my career just telling people what the difference is between uh, over the top OTT and CTV, right? right? Because and just maybe just for the audience that isn't familiar yeah. with that, could you clarify? Yeah. Yeah. So OTT is really about the content, right? It's, it's generally stuff that's professionally produced it's what's coming from the networks. The people who are used to delivering that over a cable wire or over even a broadcast, over the top, look, the internet is made of clouds, right, is the, right. Is the sort of mantra. Uh, and so this is literally taking that content and going over the top of everything else and serving it down 
through those internet pipes. Uh, CTV is much more about specifically you're in a, an environment where I'm leaning back, I'm going to see this content, the screen is 10 feet away from me, um, and I'm going to serve ads in that that television. It's a connected television. Is that connected right. environment. So it's, it's a small nuance, right? But the difference to talk about the content versus the delivery mechanism um, is really important. And when you start to get into the out-of-home world and you start talking about video and out-of-home, there's a lot of it that looks like that CTV delivery environment and, and the OTT environment. The content could be the same. But there is some really big differences. And I think the, the industry has looked at what are ways that we can either try to fit into the CTV box or accentuate the differences. Right. Do things that no CTV provider could ever really do. Um, you know, being able to, to have screens that show shorter versions of content because you don't have the dwell time, it's actually really good for an advertiser, right? Because they get more eyeballs, they get more impressions in that environment. Um, but the quality of their message can be the same. And in fact, can actually be amplified because it's being shown in a more novel context than, listen, every night I'm on my couch and I'm watching some streaming service and if it's ad supported, then I'm going to see those ads and, but it's still the same to me. It's very monotonous, right? But if I'm walking in a street in the back of a ride chair, if I'm in my uh, doctor's office or some other public waiting room and I'm seeing something, like I'm at a, a sports clips, right? And I'm seeing some commercials there. That's a totally different experience. And I might have some right. connections to that that I'll recall later to those brands that I see in that environment. Um, so, yeah. And and what's unique about your platform is you can give brands the opportunity to be really contextually relevant with the interactivity of the screen. And you, you guys talk about like the difference between a lean in and a lean back moment. Uh, elaborate on some of the ways that you're able to give brands that interactive component on the screen and then how those two experiences are distinctly different in what we're consuming and how we engage with that content. Totally. So we're able to take all of the sort of data that comes off of our, off of our screens um, and combine that together with really interesting and creative, creative, right? Creative content. Um, an example, so we, we work with uh, a company in New York City. They represent all the Disney shows on Broadway, right? Well, they're not looking to necessarily like capture any information. They just want to be able to say, when you're midtown, show this ad. And when you're uptown, show this ad. And we could do some things where we, we could show a video ad, but you can also have it as sort of a, its own little game, right? Where somebody can lean in and say, well, what do you want to watch right now? Maybe you want to, you know, see, can I, can I get Aladdin out of the lamp, right? Th those sorts of things are, are possible because of the affordances, affordances that we have from this smart tablet in an out-of-home environment. Um, we also are bringing on lean back content, as you mentioned, and that's more about, listen, some people want to get into a car. I know this happens to me. If I am just got off a plane, I get into yeah. a ride chair, I'm hammering through my email as quickly as I can and trying to use this as a break. Yeah. And my break is either I'm going to listen to a podcast on my phone, or if I have the opportunity, how cool would it be to listen, to watch a video. And if it's not my data plan, that's going to take the hit on that. That might be even better. Right. Um, right. So we've got now sort of some optionality for the rider. And, and that provides, again, some different con context that we can utilize in our advertisements. Um, so those, both of those experiences take advantage of the fact that you've got a captive setting where you're going to be able to use this really intelligent screen um, to be able to deliver highly relevant advertisements and, and have that brand experience be something that you're probably not going to get really anywhere else.
It's pretty cool too. And like the screens are really advanced. I want to, I want to talk about some of that um, because, you know, to this point, somebody might just be thinking, Hey, this is a tablet running on a loop in the back of, you know, someone's Toyota Camry. But right. These things are really smart, like motion activated and you've got some like camera stuff going on. Like wh- yeah. what's, how's all the tech stuff work? Yeah, we use a bunch of different technologies, and, and some of that is to make sure that we're appropriately incentivizing our drivers. So, mm. you know, we pay for impressions um, in terms of what advertisers uh, pay us. But when we get to the drivers, we didn't want to just do a rev share. That didn't make sense. So um, our model looks more at how often are you driving? So we measure that via the accelerometer in the vehicle, and we make some mm. assumptions about, you know, if it moved this many times, it's this many rides that the, the driver does. Um, and then, as you mentioned, we use our camera sensor. And that really what we do is um, we use object detection there. So we never take a picture with the camera. We're just using what the camera sees and saying, is that a person? Is it an umbrella? Is it a burrito? And for our advertisers, we ensure that impressions only count when that's a person. Um, we're mm-hmm. one of the only mediums out of home generally, but we're the only mediums even within out of home where you can really say, I can ensure that I delivered an ad to a person. As much as CTV and there's all these viewability measurement components that happen on online video, you still can't say like in that CTV environment, did that person get up and go to the bathroom? Did that person go get up and and go change the laundry? You know what that person didn't do? Jump out of a vehicle moving 30 miles an hour on a a road. Pretty safe assumption. Otherwise, we'd we'd be having a different conversation about Octopus and uh, the impending lawsuits. Yeah. and, And, you know, I think that is, again, it's sort of that idea when you talk about out of home generally, it means so many different things. And there are so many different opportunities to be able to drive to what is really important for an advertiser. And like, like I said, I've been in the ad tech space for a really long time, but ultimately let's be very honest. What is the advertiser cares about getting subscriptions, moving stuff on shelves. Ultimately, did you increase my bottom line? That's it. And all no, of nobody's this in this for branding, that. right? We're all we're exactly. all here to make money. Branding sounds nice, but at the end of the yeah. day, right, sales are king. Sales are king. And and you know, the attribution and measurement of sales is is sometimes more challenging in an out-of-home space because you lose some of the fidelity of, oh, I've got a very specific, you know, unique identifier on a device that I can do all this measurement against. Sure. And in some cases, that's really true. Um, and even in the out-of-home space, that is becoming more and more viable. But when you get into some of the complexities of, let's also have the screen that you're looking at move. So I can't just do a geofence. By the way, uh, you may be, instead of uh, trying to understand who that person is and what audience they're part of, you may be trying to do things like, maybe I want to capture their phone number so that I can do a drip campaign later on. Right. Uh, because that's something too. Like, there's a lot of like these little games where you can, as a brand, incentivize somebody. The game is fun, and then I can like actually win a thing at the end and exchange yeah. information. So it's a lead generation platform as well for some. It is right advertisers. Um, yeah, and and we sort of look at it right now as um, brand awareness to to drive sales is sort of the king of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're able again to sort of use what the device can do to get down to lead generation to get down to how does this sort of fit in your overall marketing plan? And what's interesting is when you think about that use case, you may be capturing that lead. And even if you're working with specifically the out-of-home agency, they go, well, we don't know what to do with this. Okay. Somebody who was working with the brand cares. 
right? Someone totally. right. I want to know. I want that on my plan. I want to know that I have the opportunity to do that. Exactly. And and being able to have a compelling environment where that could be captured is huge, right? Yeah. It's it's absolutely huge. And yeah, we've had brands do everything from give away a Red Bull at Seven Eleven to give away a mattress. Um, Damn, uh, for, for I kind of need a new mattress. Yeah, um, we get an Uber this afternoon. Right, and and, and we've had you know uh, we've had the ability to get lottery tickets right uh, through lot, our partner oh, lottery dot com, cool. right? And so there's the nice thing about what I get to do as sort of the technical person at Octopus is look at this device and say it's just a toolbox, right? It's just a tool in the toolbox. Yeah. And I can pull out whatever we need to be able to really drive what it is that the advertiser is looking for. And some of them are just saying, I need the brand awareness. And that's cool. And we could do a, an awesome game for you with custom creative that will not just drive your brand awareness. You know, it's like Slurpees flying across the screen, count how many of them you see. It's not just going to drive brand awareness for you. It's going to drive a memorable brand awareness, something right. that somebody's like, going to really enjoy. I might tweet that out. I might take a picture with that because it's such a unique, I was just expecting to get in here and like, pretend to listen to something so I didn't have to talk to the driver for seven minutes, but instead I had this really cool experience and, and I'm joking with the driver now, right? And then that's a moment. That's a moment in time that you're able to engage them with. And as a brand, what a great opportunity to create this sort of memory. Right. And, and, you know, you were talking about, you might get in and I was expecting to talk to my driver and some people hate that. Yeah. Right. They just don't want to do that again. Sure. I'm off the plane from five hours being on there. I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, sometimes um, I'm a chatty Cathy, and other times it was just like, please don't talk to me. Exactly. And you know what? Drivers are the same way. They're people too. Sometimes sure. they just don't want to talk. Uh, but what we see and what, what we think Octopus makes Octopus really special is that we drive positive engagement for advertisers. We also drive positive engagement for drivers. Mm. So our drivers experience higher ratings, higher tips. Um, we've had many stories come back from our drivers saying, my passenger just said, could you drive around the block a couple of times? I want to finish this trivia game. Stop it. Like that's a real thing that happens and they're paying for that. They're, they're paying more Uber. Right. to get um, advertised to. It's, it's amazing how that novelty of that experience in that novel environment yeah. can drive some really interesting behavior. And it's not everybody, but even the one or two stories of that, that's sort of the thing where you go, there's something here. Like this is, we're going to keep going because there's definitely something here. Yeah, for sure. So the million dollar question that I'm sure a few folks have asked themselves in their minds is like, how's COVID impacted you? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. It was, it was a big hit when it came uh, back in, in March and April. Um, we, our network took about an 80% hit right I'm along. Surprised with, there was 20% left. Yeah. Um, you know what? There's, there's enough people who won and, and our partnership with our drivers, like, we have the best drivers. We're That's not, awesome. it's not, it's not people who are like, I just do this on the weekends. These are like yeah. the road warriors who are putting our, our tablets in their cars, which is yeah. great. Um, so for some of them, that was really there. And honestly, Uber and Lyft recognized this too. While there was a serious cutback, those drivers were actually still providing essential services to get doctors to hospitals, right? Uh, and and to get that. people yeah. to get to their groceries. And like yeah. that, that sort of maintained that 20%. And Month over month, from April April to now we're we're in almost February or in February, month over month month growth, every single month 
Wow. In terms of drivers and hours. Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty remarkable because on the surface, I'm sure if we pulled, you know, 10 out of 10 people, they might say, uh, like, yeah, nobody's in the back of an Uber or left right now. But yeah, the data our, says otherwise. The data says otherwise. I think our audience has shifted. Okay. Um, we're probably How so? skewed. We're skewed a bit younger right now. We're skewed a bit more towards uh, an essential worker class. Um, so, and that could be defined as those doctors. We're talking with doctors and nurses going to hospitals. Mm-hmm. The, the grocery store clerk who needs to, uh, you know, get there. People are making the shift and saying, "What's safer right now? Public transportation or getting in the back of a single rideshare?" Wow! Right, wow. and they're choosing rideshare because it's safer. And you've got Uber and Lyft both doing things with their drivers, which were, "Hey, we're using face detection to make sure the driver has a mask on." Uh, Uber has a partnership with Clorox to make sure that they've got wipes in cars. Lyft has deployed over 100,000 plastic screens to separate the front of a vehicle to the back, right, to try to maintain that safety. Because, look, the reality is car ownership has been going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more and more people, particularly in urban settings, are choosing not to own their own car. So they're stuck on it's either going to be public transportation or, or you and I are on the East Coast. You're not going to be picking up that lime scooter in 30 degree weather. It's a bit too cold for that. Also, also it's under three (laughs) feet of snow. Exactly. Exactly. So instead, you know, it's, it's Uber and Lyft. And, and I think that consumer behavior change, it like everything during COVID, it kind of is accelerated, right? It's people either saying, I'm going to move out to, to less urban areas and I'm going to have to buy a car and I'm going to figure that into my whole life calculation but maybe I still want to be in that urban center. I just have to, I have to get from point A to point B far less. So like distance is probably reduced in terms of our average ride. Um, but the actual ride number and the, uh, the, the amount of engagement that we're seeing has either gotten close to where the same level where we were, or even increased people touching the tablets, more people touch the tablets well, it's a percentage basis now than stop pre-COVID. it stop absolutely it. and do you do you think it's because we feel like we're more aware and we're like oh well it must be, they wouldn't put it here if it's not clean i i think it's is it that or like i don't know that's crazy i think some of it is so there's two things happening one and this is not to two octopuses horn but we're gonna do it anyway like we've Let's gotten better it. at making more engaging creatures. yeah you guys like, are super cool like we've gotten more better games and like have done some great stuff there but the other thing is we have learned about covid we've learned that it is primarily transferred through the air and not through surfaces. Right. And the people who are getting the back of our car, going back to sort of who they are, these are first movers anyway. They've yeah. already taken their hand and opened up a door of somebody else's vehicle. They're sitting yeah. in there, they're going to put on a seatbelt. This is not a big extension for them to go touch a screen. And so we've seen more engagement um, over that over the last couple of months by percentage than we've ever seen before, which is crazy to me. And I'm the data guy. I'm looking at it going, are we sure this is right? Um, but it is. And, and we've been able to validate it again. It's sort of that month over month process. We're continuing to see some of that increased uh, engagement. Yeah, that's pretty incredible stuff. What are you most excited for in 21? Uh, one, vaccines. Vaccines seem really exciting to me right now. <laughs> yeah, a year ago, you wouldn't have said that. Uh, no, this is definitely a change in my in my mindset. Um, I think the other thing that that really excites me is You've seen this progression in other areas of advertising where, you know, the CTV space has sort of exploded during this time. There's more cord cutters now. And I think that's going to lend itself to saying, if I'm an advertiser, 
and I say, I, I think I've reached everybody I can using CTV. Where can I get more incrementally? Yeah. You're going to have to start looking at some of those alternative areas that where you can take that cool video creative that you probably spent a boatload of money trying to produce. Right. How do I right, get in front right. of more eyes to be more to more more uh, effective? And I think that to me is where not just Octopus, but a number of out of home companies who like that's the next place that you're going to see video content yeah. be delivered. I'm I'm excited for that. I've sort of maintained that excitement uh, through 20. For for me, 20 was like, all right, this is a weird, the strangest road bump I've ever seen. Um, but ultimately, like we were on a trajectory before. I don't think COVID has stopped us on that trajectory. We're just going to keep going. Right. And as as the, the thirst and the hunger for better data, better stories, as marketers get better at marketing and we start to return to the idea of like, hey, you know, it was single point attribution is not like a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like like people actually move through the real world and they sit in the back of Ubers and they see billboards and they see, you know, the park bench, like, right, like they're exposed to all sorts of stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm excited for. Not that you asked, but I'm excited for marketers to just get better at like doing good campaigns with high degrees of measurement so they can be confident in, in, in the plan. But like, let's just get back to being good marketers. Totally. And, and, you know, the other thing that I think is going to be a real big push, right. And you're going to see it it's probably not going to get done in 21, to be totally honest, is the rest of the marketing industry, the rest of the, at least the ad tech industry, yeah. you're going to lose some of those key identifiers. You're probably going to lose a cookie at some point here in the next couple of years, right? You're going to lose IDFA at some point in the next couple of years. Well, without those, what are you going to do as a marketer? You can't now just be like, I'm going to use data to get super efficient. Cool. But you actually just really need to tell a much better story and sort yeah. of get back to marketing principles of who is my audience? Where can I find them at high concentrations? And how can I tell them a really compelling story? And I think those marketers who are smart are going to stop looking at individual channels as the way to do that and start looking more across omni-channel, uh, making omni-channel buying decisions to say, this compelling story, I can totally do this, but I'm going to mix in some out of home with some video. I'm going to maybe buy a local TV spot. I know I just said like the craziest thing ever. Well, uh, from that underpriced attention, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and it's the mix that's going to become even more important to get to the consumers that people actually want to reach. I don't know that there's a better way we could end off on that. So Ryan, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks so much Absolutely. for being here. So Where can folks learn, learn more about Octopus? What's the best place to go to? Yeah, playoctopus.com is definitely the place to visit. Um, learn about what we can do for advertisers, for drivers, um, basically everybody that, that we work with. Ultimately, riders. We get the, we're starting to put some rider stuff on there and just take a look at some of the games that we're playing. So cool. we're a great place to look at and learn more. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. If this has been helpful, if you've learned something new, if you just found it interesting, please share it with somebody else who could benefit. And as always, make sure to smash the subscribe button down there in the corner and we'll see you guys next time. Quarter century, I finally came to my senses. I finally got my hand up on the tinted Benz kid. I see the world clear through my tinted lenses with the dream and the drive, the possibilities endless. Now print that, send this all the way to Tokyo. Take a trip down south, down to Mexico. Next stop, Shanghai. 
around the world class trade show first class all the way cause that's how we roll yeah call us the rock star businessman rocking shows we handle business man we got our own future in the palm of our hands cause divided